What is the purpose of metaphors in the Bible? Hey, this is Shree at Bible Project. Today we continue our wisdom series, and in this episode, we're talking metaphors. So what are metaphors again? How does the Bible use them? And how do they help us? Carissa will unpack all this and more while she discusses a surprising metaphor used to describe God. You don't want to miss it, so stay tuned and listen in. Hi, this is Carissa at Bible Project. Thanks for joining us for this reflection on metaphor. Metaphors are everywhere in our language. Life is a journey. Time is money. It's an uphill battle. This classroom is a zoo. A metaphor compares two things that are different. It says, this is that. It's a way of mapping two different ideas onto each other. If you pay close attention to yourself and your conversations today, I'm sure you'll come across some metaphors. As I put my daughter to bed last night, I sang, you are my sunshine, my only sunshine, saying my daughter is my sunshine. Then I closed the door, she cried in frustration, and I said to myself, she's my angry little cat. We use them all the time. Recognizing metaphors isn't just about having the ability to label something. These are actually really powerful ways to communicate meaning. A metaphor is a way to imagine something differently. Metaphors occur in all types of communication and literature, but they're super common in poetry. And biblical poetry invites us into this imaginative experience with God, the world, and ourselves. And metaphors play a big part in this ability to imagine. For example, when we hear, God is my rock, we have two ideas in our mind, God and a rock, and we're being asked to map these onto one another. We use this familiar category, a rock, to describe something more complex or unfamiliar, God. And then our minds imagine, with the help of the literary context, in what way the author is saying that God is like a rock. He's trustworthy and stable. His presence is sacred space. I love this quote from Kevin Van Hooser in his book, Is There a Meaning in This Text? It's a book about how to interpret scripture. He says, thanks to metaphor, we can set the unfamiliar in the context of the familiar in order to understand it in new ways. For example, light as a wave. Metaphor may perhaps be as powerful an instrument for exploring the world as the microscope. By reworking language, metaphors enable us to see things differently. Metaphors do not merely repackage meaning, they create it. So metaphors help us see new relationships between ideas, new ways of looking at things. So let's take a look at a specific metaphor in the biblical story and reflect on how it works and what it means. There's a really striking metaphor in the book of Job in God's speech to Job. The whole section of God's speech is full of figures of speech. It's the author's way of showing how complex God is in comparison to the other characters. So here are some of the rhetorical questions God asks Job to show that God is the powerful creator of all things. So God asks, From whose womb comes the ice? 
Who gives birth to the frost from the heavens when the waters become hard as stone, when the surface of the deep is frozen? Did you catch the metaphor used of God here? He describes himself as having a womb that gives birth to the ice and freezing weather. The metaphor is that God is a woman giving birth to the natural forces of creation, even the destructive and wild ones. In one sense, the meaning is clear, but then other questions arise. How far do we take metaphors? What are the limits of a metaphor? The main question we're trying to answer as we come across a metaphor is, what is the main idea the metaphor is communicating? So here are some helpful things to keep in mind. First, we should look in the larger literary context to try to understand the overall point the author is making. Here, in God's speech in Job, it seems to be that God's involvement in the world is beyond human understanding. He cares for creation. He knows it intimately. He's powerful over all of it, even those parts that seem dangerous. So our interpretation of the metaphor has to align with that context. Second, we're not meant to compare all parts of a metaphor. For example, we're not saying it took God nine months to form the weather. We want to be aware of the limits of a metaphor. One way to define those limits is to see what other metaphors the author uses to qualify this one. So just before God says he is a woman giving birth, he says in verse 28, who fathers the drops of dew? Okay, so God is like a father and like a mother in that he is creator, originator, laborer, nurturer of all creation. Third, we can see where else this metaphor is used throughout scripture and what themes and ideas it expresses. Throughout scripture, the metaphor of labor and birth is often one of suffering, fear, and possible defeat. And it may be surprising to find that actually God is compared to a woman in labor elsewhere in scripture. One really interesting place where this image is used is in Isaiah 42 verses 14 and 15. God says, For a long time I have kept silent. I have been quiet and held myself back. But now, like a woman in childbirth, I cry out. I gasp and pant. I will lay waste the mountains and hills and dry up all their vegetation. I will turn rivers into islands and dry up the pools. Here, God is like a woman in labor, and the image is not just one of suffering, but of power. The time has come for Yahweh to show his power. This passage depicts God as a woman in labor who is powerfully creating new life. What's even more interesting is that when we look just one verse before, we see another metaphor, and it's a metaphor for God as a strong man, a warrior. In verse 13, it says, Yahweh will march out like a champion, like a warrior, he will stir up his zeal. With a shout, he will raise the battle cry and will triumph over his enemies. So these metaphors are actually being used to complement and enhance each other. God is like a strong warrior and a powerful woman in labor, in that in the moment of crisis and through immense struggle, he brings about victory and new life, ultimate restoration and fullness for his people. As we continue to encounter this metaphor throughout scripture, we can let these previous uses shape how we read. So when Jesus speaks of being born of the Spirit to Nicodemus in John 3, perhaps we should envision a mighty, 
powerful struggle where God gives all of his strength and energy to bring about new creation. He is our creator, warrior, nurturer. And our own transformation by this new birth is one that, with its struggle and suffering, leads to new life. So next time you pick up the Bible, pay close attention to what metaphors are used and ask what ways the author is inviting us to reimagine the world, God, and ourselves. Isaiah 42:13-16 The Lord will march out like a champion. Like a warrior, he will stir up his zeal. With a shout, he will raise the battle cry and will triumph over his enemies. For a long time I have kept silent. I have been quiet and held myself back. But now, like a woman in childbirth, I cry out. I gasp and pant. I will lay waste the mountains and hills and dry up all their vegetation. I will turn rivers into islands and dry up the pools. I will lead the blind by ways they have not known. Along unfamiliar paths, I will guide them. I will turn the darkness into light before them and make the rough places smooth. These are the things I will do I will not forsake them. Isaiah 42, 13 through 16. Now let's review. The authors of scripture use metaphors to help us better understand the world, God, and ourselves. So today we practice by reflecting on the metaphor of God giving birth. In the book of Job, we see God giving birth to elements of creation. And in the book of Isaiah, he's both a warrior and a mother, giving birth to a new reality on behalf of his people. Let's reflect more on this figure of speech. I have three things for you to consider today. Listen in and feel free to pause if you'd like more time. Here's our first reflection. A mother often suffers to deliver her baby. Let's reflect on how God suffered to deliver us. What comes to mind when you compare the sufferings of Jesus to the pains of a mother in labor? Here's our next reflection. How does imagining God as a mother in labor reshape your understanding of his relationship to creation? And here's our last reflection. Giving birth is a powerful experience for both the mother and the baby. What's one specific way you have experienced God's life-giving power?
Thanks for joining us for today's reflection. Now in closing, let's pray together. God, you are creator, warrior, and mother. Thank you for your life-giving power. I admit, sometimes I think that all you need to do to make life is to snap your fingers, like it's just easy for you. But now I see that you have sacrificed to give life. From the first day you spoke creation into existence, you knew the cost. You knew that your word would soon put on flesh to shed blood, sweat, and tears to labor for our new creation life. Thank you. Thank you for your life-giving power. Amen. If you want to reflect even more on scriptural metaphor, we have a video and more detailed questions for personal study or group discussion. Check it out at bibleproject.com study. Hey, big shout out to Dr. Carissa Quinn, Dan Gummel, and Grant William Harold for the teaching, production, and composition skills that made up today's podcast. Thank you. Reflections is more than a podcast. It's a community of friends like Raul. Hi, this is Raul from Guadalajara in Mexico. I like listening to the Reflections podcast before I go to sleep, and I even translate some of the episodes for my family. Thanks, Raul. It's awesome that you translate Reflections for your family. We want to help. Check out bibleproject.com Spanish for lots of resources. Saludos a tu familia. Bible Project is a nonprofit that's crowdfunded by generous people like you from all around the world. Thank you.